Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Now, I always try to start with a, a funny story, and I'm trying to get better at my joke telling. So that's your cue that you're supposed to laugh at the punchline. Okay? Um, there was a young man, a timid young man, called his mom one day, and he said, Mom, he said, I think I found her. He found her. I think I found the, the girl, the woman of my, of, that was, you know, I'm destined, that, that we're destined. I, I just think I found her. Well, if, if you ask her out, well, well, no. You know, he's very timid. And she said, well, you know, you have to be a little intentional. You need to call her. And, I, and she, so she made a suggestion. She said, why don't you call her? And why don't you invite her over to your apartment? And why don't you have flowers for her? And why don't you cook her a meal? Why don't you, you know, have a dinner for her? Why don't you have a dinner for her? And he, he said, you know, that's a, that's a great idea. So he did. He, he, he called. He, the next day he went to the date and had the date. And he calls his mom the next day and said, Mom, he said, the day was, the, was a horrible disaster. It was a horrible disaster. And he said, well, why was it? He said, I couldn't get her to cook. Uh. <laughs> Isn't that good? As some of you ladies say, just like a guy. <laughs> All right. Colossians chapter 3. Um, last week, I encouraged us to look at this idea of life change and how it happens. And it was pretty, you know, it's pretty intense scripture and pretty intense stuff as you begin to look at how, how this relates to our lives. And, you know, life change doesn't happen by, li- I mean, it, it can happen by listening to, to messages, but it, it happens more through applying the truth of scripture in our lives. And so, if, you know, if you can grab hold of some scripture and, and say, okay, how can I integrate this into my life, then that's where life change really begins. Uh, it, it's more than just coming through an activity of church, and that's part of it, but there's, it's more to it than that. And we looked at life changes as a process last week, as well as some principles. And particularly, we, we looked at um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, where he says we need to set our mind on things above, not on things below. And then he tells some things that we need to put off in our life. And he goes through a whole list of negative things that, that, that are not characteristic of the Christian life. And then he says there's some things that we need to put on. And then uh, the last one was the real clincher. And this is one I'm going to pick up on today. Um, the last one is the, big, is the big clincher. And that is something that we need to be intentional, uh, intentional about. So... This morning, as we look at this message, it is Christ above all because that falls into the theme of Colossians. And then we're going to look at two things particularly, two things particularly that we need to be intentional about in our life. Say that word with me, intentional. Say it, intentional. Boy, that was really good. Intentional. Intentional intentional some things that we need to be intentional about in our lives so I gave you basically four principles 
and they were these. That we need to raise our sights up. We need to, to see ourselves the way God sees us. We need to look at our identity in Christ, and, and we need to raise that level of thinking to what God sees us to be, how God views us. Because most of us aren't there, and the way that you begin changing your life is you begin to align your thinking with the way that God thinks about you. Because he says that you're, you have a glorious destiny. You're called beloved. You're called holy. You, you are, are a kingdom of priests and, and a royal priesthood. He, those are things that God says about you. And you say, well, I don't feel that. Well, you don't have to feel that. This is why most people don't have life change. They get stuck in their feelings and their weight. They wait for their feelings to change, for their lives to change. And guess what? The feelings seldom change unless you change the way you think or the truth that you embrace. So that's why you have to raise your sights up. So it's not comfortable to change. I'd like to tell you that change is the, one of the most comfortable. It is not. Even if you get into a negative way of, of thinking about life and thinking about yourself and thinking about reality, that's something that, uh, that are long-standing patterns that you learn from a childhood on. That's why it's so important that we get the truth because when you get the truth and when you begin to live out the truth and believe the truth, the truth honestly can set you free. That's a powerful reality. So you raise your sights. The second thing you do is you begin to access your life and you look at those areas in your life that are not in alignment with what, that it, what it means to follow Christ. And you release those things. They may be attitudes, they may be behaviors, they may be uh, patterns of, uh, that, you have, you know, that you've lived out for years that's, that's reinforced your way of living and even your way of thinking. So, you know, Paul deals with, uh, with uh, several of those areas in, in the first beginning part of that chapter. You know, sexual immorality and all those things that go along with that. He said they're not characteristic of a Christian. They're not characteristic of a Christ follower. He says, so you release those things. You put those things behind you, but that's not it. That's not all of it, at least. That's a part of the process. See, most of the time, people just focus on the negative and they focus on, so I've got to quit this, i got to quit that, i got to quit this. And you know what? They never can quit it because their focus is always on it. You know? Um, you know, just, you know, for all you coffee drinkers, and I love coffee, tell yourself, you, yeah, I'm not going to drink coffee today. You know, what happens? There's a coffee pot on every corner. Right? I mean, that's just the way it works. You're aware of it. So you focus, on the, you focus on all the things you need to quit. Paul takes it a step further, and he says there's some things you need to replace. So your focus begins to go from, yeah, you, you leave the, the things that are, you know that are not right behind, and that's called repentance. You turn from those, and then you turn to, and replace it with some things that are indicative of, of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And then in verse 10, he does this thing. It's kind of like he stops midstream and he says, by the way, you're holy and you're beloved. And he's, he's reminding us that our identity, this is who you are. You're holy and you're beloved and you're elect. You're chosen. 
And then Paul gives the impossible one, and I'm thinking, oh, man. Because he takes it, I mean, he takes it up a step further. So, I mean, it's okay. You, you, you raise your sights up. You, you release the things that you know that shouldn't be in your life, and then you replace them with things that you know that be in your life. You say, okay, that's, that sounds good enough. That's as far as I want to go. And then he takes it to the realm that you, nobody really wants to go to. And that is the value of other people. It's difficult. But what he know, notice what he said here. He, he, he goes to, to deal with reinforcing some behaviors that shows value to other people. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at intentional and we're going to look at two aspects of it and then... then um, and, and, and give you a challenge in that regard. So one of the things as you look through Colossians, you find this, that Christ is above all. And one of the things I liked as I was going through this passage is that, um, is that, is that you can see the various aspects of, of Christ. You know, you're wondering about the Christian life. People tell me sometimes, you know, I tried the Christian life, and it just, just, just didn't work for me. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of one of many options, and it just didn't work for me. I, I think a lot of times we have preconceptions of what that looks like and how you get there and how life change happens in our lives. And oftentimes we may find ourselves discouraged or disillusioned with things, and so people just give up before they ever get started on growing in the Lord. You see, salvation's instant. When we trust Christ as Savior and Lord, there's an instant change in our life, in our spirit. There, we've been made new and made alive. The spiritual part of us has been made new and made alive. But there's still old patterns of thinking. There's still old emotions. There's still old things that you deal with in your life that is a part of the growing process. That you will, And by, by and large, you and I will be growing uh, if we are intentional about wanting to grow in the Lord. And it's, an, it's not an easy process. That's why people plateau in their own spiritual life. They say, well, I'm, I'll be committed to this, to this level, or I will, I, will, I, will, I will be right here with God, and that's, that's it. I'm just glad to get my ticket in, you know, at the end kind of mentality. But God wants more for us than that, doesn't he? I believe so, and I think, honestly, I think you want more for your life than that. I really believe that, or you wouldn't be here, or you wouldn't be listening. So how do you get there, and how, does it, how is it implemented in our lives? And that's what I want to look at today. That's what I want to look at, because these, the first three principles that I just gave you, are it's kind of, that's the process. The last two wraps it up, not only the message, but it, it wraps it up in a way that, that you, you say, wow, that's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. And that's what you'll see here that as, as we look at this. So let's, let's just look in, in Colossians and let's look at the Scripture this morning. I want to invite your attention there uh, to verse 12. We're going to look at, verses, we're going to look at five verses, verses 12 through 15. And notice what he says. Um, since I'm going to read back a little bit, but uh, since since Christ is all that matters and He lives in all of us, talking to believers here, 
That's part of verse 11. Then verse 12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Go to the next one here as we look at these. Make allowance for each other's faults. Now he's talking to the church here. And forgive one another who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Verse 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Say that one with me. And always be thankful. And always be thankful. Okay? Now go to the next verse. Let the message about Christ or the word of Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts say that with me with you getting it now look at look at the last verse and whatsoever you do or say do it as a representative or in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father so we do that doing what giving through God the Father. And Lord, add the blessing to the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, here's what we looked at last time. We looked at reinforcing the way that we, we, uh, we think. Reinforce the way that you think. Reinforce the value of others in relationship. Now, this is, this is one of the keys, okay? Because this, is, this takes it completely from the area of negative things in our life and negative patterns that we develop. Let's go to the next one here. Um, and we reinforce the virtue of love. Matter, matter of fact, how did the world know the early Christians? They were known, the disciples were known by being with Jesus and they were known by their love. Now, at the, this meant that they were understood and known by their ability to forgive. Now, forgiveness and reconciliation are, are two different things, but they, they had the ability to forgive others. In other words, they wouldn't hold on to grudges, and they would release. Because in releasing, you actually release yourself. That's the reality of it. That's the reality of forgiveness. So he says, since God chose you to be holy, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive each other who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. I want to I restate this in this way, okay? So this is the big idea of this message, is that we need to act intentionally. Okay? Go ahead and put this up. Act intentionally in love. 
That's another way of saying that, reinforcing. And what that does is this. You reinforce what God values. And what God values is, is the primacy of relationships. Think about it. We come into this world, and how do we leave it? With not anything material, do we? Not anything material. There's no U-Hauls behind hearses. But what we pour into the lives of other people, what we pour in the lives of others is the value of relationships. And that, that, is, that has the sticking eternal power that, that, changes, that changes life. So what does it look like? It looks like this. It looks like compassion. It looks like, as Steve's saying, the father running toward the prodigal. It, it looks like the father taking the initiative to, to run and, and to show love. It looks humble. It looks gentle. In other words, it's, I, I like this word. It doesn't get caught up in the drama. Right? It doesn't get caught up in the drama. But why? There's a gentleness because our spirits are controlled by the Spirit of God, the walking in the fullness of His Spirit. It is controlled by love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, and goodness. And that's very, very freeing. See, this is not being a doormat. This is not what this means. It's also patient. And it's a forgiving. And um, as, as you look at this, think about it. I would put another word with this. It looks sacrificial. At least it will feel that. It, it will look sacrificial. And, it, and it, will, it will feel that way. Matter of fact, this is what the world is waiting for to see in Christians today. This intentional, this intentional act of love that that shows forth the love of Christ because our heart has been captured with Christ above all in our lives. So, this acting intentional is not easy, is it? I had a, had a lady one time ask me, and she said, well, Greg, how can, how can I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't love that person. I said, why can't you? Well, I just can't. I said, well, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah. Well, be a Christian. Just be a Christian. Just love. That doesn't mean that you're best buddies or best friends or anything else, but it means that you release and, and, and you don't let that, those old negative kind of feelings and old offenses to hold you down. You, you forgive and you move forward in your life. And there may or may not be reconciliation in that relationship, but you, you, you forgive that person. And yeah, it, it's, it's going to, you know, just sometimes, you know, I, I found out sometimes just, you don't have to be right in about everything. You may be right, but you don't have to be right, do you? No. And so there, there's, the, there's the primacy of peace here. There's the primacy of the idea of, 
of acting intentionally in love. Now, this really works if, if, if you want to, to show people that are not in the faith what it looks like to be a Christian. And, and people have done this for years. I mean, they are, you know, I, I hear so many ways. And we have so many ways in our congregation that people connect with folks in our community in a sacrificial way. It can be helping out uh, during a time of financial need. It can be, it can be building a deck. It can be, um, it can, you name it. It could be, it could be their intentional acts of kindness that, don't, that, that point past you to Christ. And, and it looks almost suspect when you see it. Well, why are you doing that for me? You know, why are you, why are you being good to me? Why are you doing this for me? And it's, I was saying, people look at that. And because this is, the world doesn't live this way, folks. The world lives, you do this for me, and I'll do this for you. It's conditional. The sacrificial is, I will do this for you, and I will expect nothing in return. I'm doing this as an act of the love of Christ. And so what you do is this. As you're giving that sacrifice, sacrifice to Christ, remember, you're just bringing it and laying it down at the altar and saying, Lord, I am worshiping you this way. We don't think of that as an act of worship. Oh, but it is. It's showing forth the love of Christ and, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you get a clearer picture of the love of the Father. Why did the love of the Father go running? Well, he goes running because the Father does nothing but love. It's who he is. And the Son said, but yeah, but look at all these conditions. Uh, you know, I, and he placed the conditions on himself. The father didn't place them on him. I'll, I'll just go. I'll go back home. I'll turn around. I'll get out of this pig pen, and I'll go back home. And the father, if he will just make me like one of his hired servants, I don't even want to be a son. I just want to work for the company, right? And and so he 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 gets himself up and he goes and he musters what little he had left and he comes home humbly and the father sees him and goes running after him and it was intentional and there was there was compassion there because the father i love the king james the father says he falls on his neck and he kisses him we would say it around here in good southwest virginia he slobbered all over him right i mean it's his son and, and he's happy that his son's home I mean, why? Because relationships matter to God. They're valuable. They watch you, it's what you take into eternity. That's what matters. That's what matters. These, these relationships, so he says it looks like compassion, and it looks like kindness. And so the elder brother says, why? You know, he can't do that. Look how long I've worked for him. He had the work mentality. Look how long I've worked here, and you've never done this for me. And, you've, you know, all of that. It's the conditional way the world looks at love. And, you know, I think it was probably very eye-opening for the, the elder brother, the older brother, that it was the younger brother. He said, I can't believe I'm seeing Dad act this way. I can't believe I'm seeing this from my father. But he, he understood something that love was based on his own character. So we begin to look at this. There is, a, there is a gentleness and a patience and a forgiveness. So, 
As, as you look at this, you act intentionally in love. You act intentionally in love. Now, so it, it looks that way. Now, I want, you to, I want you to go to the next one now, okay? You, you act intentionally in love, but be intentional in gratitude, okay? Because here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I want, you to, I want you to look at this. You be intentional in gratitude. And look how, how it goes. Be intentionally grateful for the peace of Christ that guides your heart and glues healthy relationships together. Let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Okay? So go back. Go back. So you, you be intentionally grateful for the peace of Christ. Now, what you see is, is, is a person that is living in the fullness of the Spirit. The, the idea is, is that there is an intentional peace of Christ. Now, I'm thankful for the peace of God because sometimes the peace of God can rule in circumstances and in relationships that aren't very peaceful. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'll just say amen. The peace of God can rule in our lives. Because the peace of God is not circumstantial. So in other words, that inward peace is an inward tranquility of the heart that you know that your heart is given with Christ above all in all things. So you be intentionally grateful for the peace of Christ that guides the heart and glues healthy relationships together. And the key there is healthy relationships. There are some relationships that can't be healthy, that aren't healthy. But I'm, we're looking at healthy relationships. Healthy relationships. Let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. And then he said, he kind of like throws it in for good measure. Always be what? Always be thankful. There it is. So, we act intentional in love and we be intentional in gratitude. Now, this is, this is the real game changer right here. If you get this last part, it kind of solidifies all of it. All of a sudden, you're, you're not living your life out of need or want or expectation, but you're living your life in the peace of Christ. It is the peace of Christ. So and that becomes the thing that guides the heart and glues healthy relationships together. And we're looking, again, at healthy relationships. It, it glues healthy relationships together. It guides the heart. So he said, let the peace of God, let it be the umpire. Let it be the rule. And I, I can tell you there's times in my life that I'm, I'm thinking, okay, God, what, you know, what kind of decision should I make here? How should I make this decision? And the Scripture says, let the peace of God rule. God knows. Um, he knows. You let the peace of God be the ruling umpire in your heart. And let, let that be the glue that kind of pulls everything together. Let the peace of God that comes to Christ rule in your hearts, for we are members of one body, and you're called to live in peace. And all, by the way, be what? Thankful. I want to challenge you with something. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with an area over here, but I want, you to, I want to challenge you with something. And that is, 
be thankful. Now, there have been times in my life that I've looked and I'm like, I can't be thankful for that. I can't, and there's some things we can't be thankful for, right? I mean, but you can be thankful for the grace of God through things, can't you? Huh? Somebody talk to me. You can be thankful for the grace of God that helps you through things. You can be thankful for the grace of God that empowers and equips and supports you and helps you in life. So you be intentionally grateful for the peace of God that rules and ask for it. Because closely aligned to love is peace. Closely aligned to love is peace. Now let's look at the second one here. So you be thankful. You be intentionally grateful for the wisdom for living in the Word of Christ. It says, let the message of Christ or the Word of God or the Word of Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. Let it fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom that He gives. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God and we are to do that how? With gratitude. So when we sing together, we are reminded what we're doing is we're singing to whom? We're singing with gratitude to God, right? We're singing with gratitude to God. And he says we, we sing and we sing these hymn songs and spiritual songs with thankful hearts. We do it with gratitude. Let me, let me challenge you to incorporate gratitude in your life. One, I think it's Psalm 77 in, in chapter 77 said, When I complained, my heart was overwhelmed. But what would happen in our lives if our complaining turned to thanksgiving? And try this, by the way. Try this. Try this in your relationships. Be intentionally thankful and grateful. You say, man, it's going to be hard to be... Well, it's, it may be hard to be grateful, but find something, Right? Find something to be grateful and, and gratitude, and then begin to put that in your conversation. In other words, you, you allow it to be a part of your conversation. It's very encouraging. It, it, it lifts yourself. I mean, it lifts you up, and it lifts others up, and it's, it became, becomes a very encouraging thing, and it becomes something that begins to reinforce something good in your life. Thanksgiving does. Matter of fact... Uh, a thankful spirit is one of the key distinguishing marks of a Christian. It is. It is a key distinguishing mark of a Christian. Let's look at the next one here. It is that. Be intentionally grateful in word and action as you are carrying the name of Christ. Whatever you do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. See, ultimately... We're representing whom? We're representing Christ. So he says, whatever you do or say, as a representative of the Lord Jesus, give thanks through him to God the Father. So, go to the next one. A thankful spirit is this. It is one of the key distinguishing marks of a Christian. G.K. Chesterton said this, I would maintain that thanks is the highest form of thought, and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. And he began to see gratitude. He began to see this wonder in so many different areas of his life. He began to see the wonder of God, the greatness of God, 
he'd go out and, and you know, I, the, the, some, for some people, being out in, in nature kind of, it, it heightens your awareness of God. I like to look up at the stars at night. I mean, it's just, I'm captivated by them. Um, or, you know, the smelling, of, the smelling of, of, of a spring day right after a rain. Is there anything better than that? Huh? Maybe your grandmother's chicken and dumplings, right? Thank, by the way, thank her for that. Have you ever noticed that usually they're, that these wonderful grand, grandmothers are uh, usually the last ones to eat, and sometimes they don't get a piece of the pie? Why? Well, it's just they just love your family. They just pour it in. Pour it in. And, and they have satisfaction in knowing that they brought the family together. So a thankful spirit is, is grace. He said, for grace, some people say it before meals, which is good. All right, but I say grace before a concert, an opera. I say grace before a play. I say grace before I open a book. Grace before sketching a painting, before swimming, fencing, boxing, uh, you know, playing, dancing, and grace before I dip the pen in the quill. In other words, he sees all of life as a favor of God. It's a different way of looking at life, isn't it? See, we're, in, we're you know, our culture is living more and more with an entitlement mentality. You owe this to me. Well, that's not the Scripture. That's not the Scripture you know, you, you take and receive what you receive with grace as from the Lord, what He gives, the breath, the air, the meal. It's all grace. And, when, and when, you, when, you, when that begins to capture the heart, the life, it, begins, it just comes right out with gratitude. It's actually an act of worship. He, it is actually an act of worship. Brennan Manning said it this way. I want you to look at this quote. He said it this way. Go ahead. The foremost quality of a trusting disciple is gratefulness. Gratitude rises from the perception, evaluation, the acceptance of all of life as grace, as an undeserved, unearned gift from the Father's hand. The grateful heart cries out in the morning, Thank you, Lord, for the gift of a new day. Now, I'd like to tell you that I find myself there every single day as your pastor. I will just say this. There are some days that I really have to work at this. That's the truth. I'd like to tell you that I am positive and upbeat all the time, that everything is just happy, happy, joy, joy, and that is just not the reality of it. Should I say that? Sometimes the smiles that we plant on our faces cover up a heart full of hurt. Cover up a heart full of fears, worries. Covers full over a lot of things. But, but notice here, so sometimes I have to go back, even for myself, I have to go back and say, okay, God, who am I? What am I called to do? What am I called to be? How, am I should, how should I live? How should I respond? You know the thing that robs me of my peace. And Jesus gently says, let the peace of Christ rule. I'm above it. Aren't you glad? 
sometimes I'm asked, Pastor, how's church doing? How's your church doing? It's not mine. Are you keeping those people straight? I'm glad God didn't call me to be the spiritual policeman. You know, I mean, it's above my pay grade. You know, I'm just doing well for me. Right? So, and I'm thinking, Christ is above all. And that's just acknowledging that He's the Lord. That's just acknowledging that, that He is the Lord over it all, including my mind, my motion, my will. Everything doesn't, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Him. So the life I'm to live out, I'm to live it out in love. I'm to live it out intentionally in love and to be grateful. Gratitude and express it. And when you express it, you're making it a behavior. And it's amazing what happens. I, 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 I want to challenge you. You say, uh, I, I'm, listen, I have been told by people close to me that I can be a negative person. Okay? And you know what? Her assessment is right at times. Okay? It is. And... I, I dare say that there's probably, you know, you are way more godly than I am when it comes to this stuff. Um, but there are times that, and I'm, I'm like, goodness, boy, the, where did that come? That was, and I find myself getting the, you know, it's, it's like a, a, a train, a, you know, a, a train load of negativity or negative thinking and complaining. It just kind of builds on itself, and it, that thing becomes a runaway train after a while. Matter of fact, you won't see anything good when the train, you know, when the train's and, and it loses its, uh, it, it loses its way to stop, and, and all of a sudden you say, "Well, how do you stop this train?" Well, I think one thing is, is acknowledging it, and you, and you begin to you begin, and, and then you incorporate gratitude. So, you know, th- there's nothing comfortable about anything in this message. I know it. Why you say that, Greg? Because I struggle with the same things that you struggle with on Monday morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and all the other days. It's the stuff of how do you get this stuff to flesh out in your life. But I can tell you, you don't do it by putting it on autopilot spiritually. You do it by being intentional. You do it by intentionally showing love and you do it by being intentional in expressing gratitude, doing, being. And it becomes, as you begin to see, the grace that the Father has given you in your life. Here's the last one. I I want to read what the message says about this because I really like this. So act intentionally in love, be intentional in gratitude. Here's the last one. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in your step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have run in, have, let it have run of the house. In other words, talk about the Bible. What's God doing in your life? What's he working in your life? Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. This is good. 
And sing, 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 sing your heart outs to God. Why? Because singing solidifies it, right? It does. Singing kind of puts it, up, puts it all together. And then you let every detail of your life, in words and actions, whatever, you make sure that you're saying, Lord, I am giving this as a worship and glory to your name. Thanking you that you have not only given me grace, you have poured it out upon me in a grand abundance. Right? your feelings will change. Your thinking will change. Your actions will change. Why? The truth will set you free. Hmm? Yeah. You say, Lord, I need help. Join the club. You see, when you look at this, you say, it's totally impossible. Yep, you got it. It's totally impossible within ourselves, but with Christ, all things are possible. He can allow you to love in areas that you thought you couldn't love in. He can allow you to be grateful in ways that you didn't think were possible, incorporated in your life. You've got to start somewhere. Today may be a start that says, you know what, I'm just going to give it to God. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to release it to Him. I'm going to release it to Christ. I'm going to give it to Him. And in so doing, you release yourself. Today may be an an extra uh, prayer for God. I just need more grace. It could be grace in a relationship. It could be grace in seeing the reality of God in your life and the working of His Spirit in your life. It could be anything. Give it to Him. Pray to Him. He loves you. He's the Father. He, By the way, He sees people that come down the aisles just like He sees the, uh, the, the prodigal son who was on the way home. For some of you, it may be entering a relationship with Christ. You mean he will forgive me of all this stuff in my past? Yes, he will. And he loves you. And he'll give you a new start in your life, one that is growing. I mean, that's life change. So I don't know how the Holy Spirit's working in your life, but I do know this. He is, and he loves you because he's God. Let's pray together. They're going to get some music for us. If they just go ahead and get that on, turn it on. Just stand with me this morning. Father, we are thankful for your word. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Jesus, you know us better than we know ourselves. And I pray this morning, Lord, with the hearing of this message, I pray you would draw hearts to yourself. Draw us in the depths of our need to the sufficiency of Christ who is above all and in us all. Your name is wonderful.
And we pray that we would open our hearts today to receive your grace for Christ's sake. His name. Together we say amen. Is God working in your heart? Is there something you need to bring to him? Nobody has to know, just you and God. But he's there for you. And he loves you. I mean, that's, that's the message. He's there and he's above you. Some things that, that you're not meant to be above, you can't carry it. He can. Give it to him. Any needs this morning? Any needs as we wait? Come. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. And may the richness of the Word of God, the peace of God, fill your lives with the love of God. Through Christ. Together, let's say amen together. Amen.